1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Robin McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins.
0: We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob
1: McCarron and Jeff Hawkins.
0: Nobody's listening for Hockey talk.
1: <laughs> hello everybody and welcome to a very special edition of shake them ropes with rob McCarran, jeff hawkins we have a special guest on the line at dylan waco on twitter dylan hales is with us dylan how are you this evening
2: i am uh i'm wondrous what a night
1: what a night indeed wasn't it
2: oh yes it was it was quite a uh quite an event i thought uh you know, since since uh, you are going to do the intro, nobody knows what event we're talking about yet, Rob, but I'll, I'll let you finish that up. But it was quite an event, that event that we're not officially talking about yet.
1: <laughs> we are here live on <laughs> ShakeThemRopes.com talking Survivor Series from just a moment ago. We are going to be talking about all the happenings, all the craziness, and the debut, the WWE debut of a certain former WCW, some would say superstar, some would say overpushed moron, some may say something in the middle. Wow. Uh, maybe some no. No one says moron, but uh, we're here with Jeff Hawkins. <laughs> we're here with Dylan Waco. Um. Oh, hold
0: on, Rob. Rob, do you need a hug? Because because I figure you're crying right now for multiple reasons. Uh, first of all, no more Stephanie McMahon on your television. Oh, and also, yeah, as if. Uh, and also, uh, losing the picks game. I did Just lose the picks you know game. I had a very been... respectable four
1: and one record on the picks game. You, Respect. however, went 5 and 0. And we'll we'll get to that too. I was so happy. <laughs> I took credit for a victory even though I didn't get one. Uh we are live right now. You can listen live at shake them ropes.com or if you're listening on the podcast version later on, thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening on the live version at com, you can give us a call anytime during our show 260-494-3811 or on Skype, let's say things. That's all one word. Let's say things on Skype and you can join in. We'll also be reading your tweets throughout the show, including tweets from at Mookie Ghana on Twitter. Chris Harrington, no, our pal. Not reading
0: that one. I'm going to read this one.
1: <laughs> this is a tweet to me. Rob, you've been saying it for months. Steph McMahon just capped off a great year as best non wrestling performer. We'll get to that main event, but let's start with the big news coming out of this Survivor Series, and that is the highly anticipated debut of Sting. Sting showed up in the main event, helped out Team Cena getting Dolph Ziggler the biggest win maybe in his career outside of his win over Del Rio for the title, Uh, but certainly a big momentous occasion. Dylan, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts overall, and especially with uh, Sting debuting here in WWE? Well, you know, I thought
2: the the main event, and I don't want to get into necessarily all the particulars of it right at this second, but I thought the main event as a whole was sort of like the good and the bad of Attitude Era WWE all together. Uh, you know, you got sort of the overbooked finish. Guys having to sell things for an hour and a half while <laughs> while they got to other stuff that was necessary for character and angle advancement. Um, you know, uh, lots of sort of excess that maybe wasn't necessary. But the flip side of that was you had a really hot crowd. You had a surprise that people were really into. Actually, I had a couple surprises really that I think worked in the context of the match and that were that 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 you know people were really into. And uh, you had a, I think at the end of the day, the big takeaway to me, from the, from even more so than the debut of Sting, is that, is that Dolph Ziggler, I think, is kind of a made man right now. Yes. But the, the, the Sting debut itself, I thought, was overall pretty well done. Uh, I wasn't uh, enamored with the sort of long, drawn-out way they did it, although I understand why they did it. They were looking for that live reaction, which they absolutely got. Um, I think it took a little bit away from the finish the way they did it, Uh, but uh, ultimately uh, the people, uh, you know, the direction is good because it's going to be Sting versus Triple H, which means we're not going to get Triple H versus anybody else at WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) And I consider that a net positive regardless of how I, I feel about Sting. Hold on, hold on, D-
0: Dylan. You don't find uh, Triple H versus Ryback to be a <laughs> <No>.
2: enticing program. <laughs> I, I don't find Triple H versus anybody to be an enticing <laughs> program. To be to be perfectly honest, um, which is kind of my point. I mean, if you're going to bring in Sting, who you know has got one or two matches that he can realistically, I think, work that people really want to see. Um, and they're going to have to be against sort of legendary figures. I'd rather him be with Triple H than Undertaker who I think was severely damaged uh and, and basically is a worthless guy at this point after last year's WrestleMania. I don't see any point in him ever working again to be honest. And uh I so I'd rather him, you know, I'd rather have Sting and Triple H. I think it's a it's a uh ideal use of of Triple H if you're if you're going to use him if you're going to use him in that role, I think it's the best possible use of him. And I think it's a good use of Sting too because it puts Sting in the ring um, with somebody where the match is going to get a lot of storyline stuff. So they'll be able to do a lot of smoke and mirrors type type things. They won't. It, it, you're not going to ask Sting to go out there and have like a 25 minute straight wrestling match with Triple H. And I think that's to his benefit.
1: Jeff, before I get to your thoughts just on the Sting portion of tonight's show, I should have warned you that we would be playing an intro that apparently you pop pretty big for.
0: <laughs> oh, the Curtis Hughes. They got me. I don't know why. I have a soft spot in my heart for I, I tried Hughes. to go
1: back and find the best of Jeff and Rob <laughs> lines, and by all means it took me a whole weekend to find one. So
0: Oh, for for you or for me?
1: That's our show. For both of us. Thank you. <laughs> so uh Jeff, your overall opinions on the big news that Sting is now in WWE and it looks like we are indeed headed towards Triple H and Sting at WrestleMania.
0: I'm counting all those free eyeballs as as buys and draws for Sting for his Hall of Fame candidacy. (laughs) I just wanted to put that down there. Um, Overall, um, I really liked the booking of the uh, Survivor Series match. I thought they did some very, very clever things. I agree with Dylan. Uh, Dolph Ziggler was the star of that match, and we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Cautious pessimism with Sting given their history of NWA WCW champs and what they did. I also agreed with uh, Dylan. I thought that stare was a little too long for its own good. You know, in a perfect world, I'd love to have sting drop down out of the rafters, give him the scorpion death drop, and that'd be the end of it. But uh, they're not going to do that post in a post-Owen world, especially where Um, they were
1: in St. Louis. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah, Too close, too close to comfort there. Too
0: close. Um, the thing about that was the the whole you know I guess they're kind of aping that Hogan Rock thing where they're both turning to the crowd and then they turn to each other. It kind of it kind of drew me a little bit out of it, but overall, you know what? Happy to see Sting in WWE.
1: Yeah, I mean it was a surreal moment for most. I think people would agree. Um, oh, yeah, let's... Also, also no baseball bat. No bat. No bat. I figured
0: that was probably a call from a uh, corporate.
1: Yeah, I mean, why bring the weapons into it at this point? Because I think we're going to get a bat at WrestleMania. There's going to be something going on if these two end up working each other at WrestleMania.
0: I guess, yeah, because Triple H has a sledgehammer. It's the best. Uh, if you if you hold if you hold off on it and have yeah. bring it out. He brings out the sledgehammer. That'll be
1: perfect. It's not I'll going to be 15 minutes of a mat classic. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Dylan, did you did you watch the Survivor Series pre-show? I watched this. I watched. Uh, from seven
2: thirty on, I did not see the the open. I missed the uh, Fandango uh, Justin Gabriel match because I didn't realize they were starting at seven. Yeah, we and that, great great WWE promotion there.
1: <laughs> we had two count them two everybody pre show matches on the show tonight. Uh, we'll just run through it. Um, get everyone's thoughts. The first one was indeed uh, Fandango against Justin Gabriel. It was the new and improved Fandango. Fandango came out with Rosa. Rosa was actually the first person on screen. She did a little uh, salsa dance, if you will, except she didn't move around. She probably moved around less than what Summer Rae did in her <laughs> dancing days. It was amazing. Like you found someone who was worse at dancing, uh, 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 uh. but you have them. Uh, Fandango won a big uh well short match uh, with his top rope leg drop. Now wrestling in his regular pants uh, get up with a long sleeve shirt. He is now a Spaniard, if you will. He's uh, <laughs> Latin at this point. He is the new Latin sensation here in WWE. Uh, but Fandango gets the win. Jeff, what do you think about Fandango's win? Uh, does it matter? Do you like the new and improved Fandango with the new music? La Isla Bonita. <laughs> That's
0: exactly what I was thinking.
1: <laughs> word I, for word.
0: Know, I found the Spanish motif kind of off-putting, but it's like, well, all right, this is what they're going to do with it fine I, it's just yeah for for Rosa's dancing ability that was uh that was anticlimactic but uh you know whatever
1: Paul Heyman on the pre-show was really making a big push for this main event you know saying that not only was it going to change the face of wrestling history uh but if the authority didn't win it sends the WWE into chaos he threw his name in the, in the hat to be the replacement for the authority who knows what we'll do uh with a replacement if we'll even get one um That led into our second match. Jack Uh Swagger, who was too (laughs) injured to be in the main event of the show, um, was wrestling in the pre-show against Cesaro. A short match went about six minutes. It was good while it lasted. I thought it was one... I thought it actually had the chance to be the best singles match on the show, i.e. it wasn't really going up against much competition. Um, Didn't end up being the case, but Jack Swagger gets the win here. The downward fall of Cesaro continues. What would you think about that opener, Dylan?
2: Um, You know what? I actually didn't hate it, which is odd, because I'm probably one of the bigger Cesaro marks you're ever going to talk to. I thought he was the best wrestler in the world last year, and I thought he was on pace to sort of duplicate that this year before the booking derailed him. Um, But, uh, you know, the reality is they've not done anything with him, and I think he's going to be one of these guys that they're going to have to blow up and completely start over with. Um, whether or not they can do that effectively is, is of course, the great debate, and I, <laughs> I don't have a ton of confidence in that. However, again, you know, look at Dolph Ziggler; he's a guy that's been completely decimated time after time again, and I think he came out looking pretty good tonight. So uh, I don't know that it's necessarily impossible. The match itself was fine. Uh, I could live without ever seeing a rolling German suplex again. <laughs> uh, it's the, my least favorite spot probably in wrestling at this point. Uh, but the match, the match was fine, and 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 I got I'm going to point this out. You know, Zeb and Zeb Coulter's still really over. I mean, that, that act, it it feels, it feels wasted that they're not doing something with him as long as he's there, because he's honestly one of the most over guys on the roster. Even now, even after being off TV in any meaningful way for a while, Jeff, your thoughts. Oh, um, the
0: callback to the five languages gimmick. All they need to do was have him yodel and we'd be back at square one. Um, I, th- I, you know, the only real qualm I had about Zeb tonight was using Nazi gold as part of the storyline. I was like, wow, the Nazi gold? Really? Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm, I too love Cesaro. But we've seen this match 500 times. I don't. I, I just love Michael Cole really trying the hard sell of how this was wetting our appetite for the main card. I was like, really, this match that we saw for 20 weeks in a row on Raw and SmackDowns wetting our appetite? Okay. Um, I don't. I don't have a lot of optimism for Cesaro for some reason. I just think he's going to be that great mechanic
1: that they put him in to make people look good. I don't have a lot of optimism for Cesaro just from what we've seen lately, but. Hey, they, they've, rehabbed, they've rehabbed people before, so they could rehab Cesaro again. They could, you know, six months from now decide, hey, we need this guy to be a little bit higher than he is and just push him to the moon. So that could happen. Yeah. I, when this started about nine minutes until eight o'clock Eastern, and it was Zeb and Jack Swagger coming out, I actually thought this might end up uh, being a reunion of the three. So I'm like, mm. we already had a pre-show match. These three are in the ring. There's not a lot of time to get this match going. I thought for a short period of time, they might actually just be reuniting these three. Obviously, it didn't happen, but I thought it might have been a possibility. Uh, before we get on to the main show, uh, we do have a call on the line calling in. Uh, ShakeThemRopes.com. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from?
3: Is, uh, Brian. I am the one who just tweeted about leaving the voicemail. You said just call right in now.
1: Sure, Brian. What were your uh, thoughts on uh, Sting's debut and then... Any other big points that you had from Survivor Series?
3: Um, I've never really been all that big of a Sting fan, but I do think it's pretty cool just to see him in the WWE ring on WWE programming. I mean, after the great career that he's had, this would be kind of like a nice place to finish off his career, I think, for him. I think that's probably a pretty popular opinion on that.
1: Were you more excited for... uh... I mean, did Survivor Series live up to any hype that you had? Did it overstep your hype? Uh, did it under-deliver?
3: Um, I went into it with kind of pretty low expectations, but I thought that when I saw that Ziggler was the last uh, member of team seen in the ring, that got me pretty excited, and I think it ended on a really good note. I mean, um, like I mentioned in the voicemail that I had left that seeing Ziggler and Rollins in the ring was just kind of hopefully like, looking into the future maybe seeing two key players here for years to come when they just put on a great end to that match, I thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was It was certainly, uh, I, I think a lot of people really liked the way that ended up, especially with Ziggler in there. And we're going to get to the main event. Uh, I'd like you uh, to thank you, Brian, for calling in. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. We are live at shakedemropes.com. And uh, we're here with uh, Dylan Waco and Jeff Hawkins talking Survivor Series. So let's get into the main show.
0: Well, hold on. I want to I want to oh, address Bri- I want to address Brian's call real quick. I think it. he ma- he made a good point, or at least a point that needs to be brought up. A lot of these guys who are WWE fans right now, and for you know since WCW closed fourteen years ago, thirteen years ago, aren't Sting fans. And I'm wondering if now, hopefully, because this is why this is the pessimism part of the cautiously pessimistic. Is it is it time for Vince to stop running the victory lap and actually build up Nitro and the stuff on the, on this network as something worth watching? And, hey, go watch these Sting matches.
1: Some of them are really, really good. You know, go watch Sting Muda, Sting Flare. What about that, Dalen? Because wouldn't you think that with Sting coming in now, and if especially he's a big part of WrestleMania— that that's the only footage you have to promote. You want to promote the nitros that are on the network, the old pay per views. This could be a really big coup, not just for WrestleMania promotion with the big legend coming in, but also this big promotion for the network with the next six months of build up for Sting.
2: Um, I think it. You know, it's look, nothing's going to hurt as far as network promotion. As you know, they've done, it. they've got to do something, right? I mean, because what they're what they've been doing doesn't work. So uh, you know. I, I'm one of these guys who doesn't think old content matters that much. I, I really don't believe that it does. Um, I don't. I, it's not that I think it doesn't matter at all. That would be a, a, an exaggeration, but I don't think it matters that much. On the flip side, you know, Jeff's right. They don't. You know, really, both of you guys are right. They don't have. What else are they going to use to promote him? Right. I mean, they, you know, people talking about how cool he was. I mean, they, they're, <laughs> they're 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 good. they've got no choice. So they they, they have to be creative with the stuff they use and it can't be the, you know, same Monday night wars narrative that we always hear about, you know, how Ted Turner and the, the rednecks down South, uh, try. And then they got their ass kicked by Vince or whatever. I mean, that's not going to work. I mean, that's not how you sell this. I think what's actually go- a lot of that's going to depend on how, you know, the reason, uh, that they give for stings in- interference in the main event. And yes. I suspect, I suspect that reason is going to be, I've seen, you know, other power-hungry lunatics drive companies that I loved out of business, and I'm not going to let that happen again. I suspect that's going to be what the narrative is. So I think the narrative is actually going to be WCW was screwed up by, you know, power-hungry delusional assholes who screwed everything <laughs> up. And, you know, I so yeah. I, I think that's actually what they're going to go with as far because there's really no I mean, logically, it makes no sense for Sting to have been like, like, why would he debut then? You're, you're right. going to you're gonna have to shoehorn reasoning in. I think that's the best reason that they have. It's the most logical reason there. So that does sort of lend itself to, um, you know, some sort of cross promotion with the WCW material. Of course, the flip side of that is it still sort of goes into the common narrative of WCW is run by incompetent idiots. So I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I'm, uh,
1: I'm going to throw two things out there kind of a long point of why would sting show up? And this is going to be the most important thing regarding sting at WrestleMania that anyone's going to hear. So everyone listen closely. <laughs> we have the authority out of power. What if one of sting's biggest rivals, Rick flair said, Hey sting, you get me into power. I got a spot for you. And Rick Flair's the new authority. Mm. Boom. What'd I just do there? Did I do anything there? Is that something or is that nothing? You, you, put,
0: crea- you create you a logical scenario for writing that they'll never think of in a million years.
2: You also just put an alcoholic in charge. Of- <laughs> <laughs> So I don't I don't
1: know <laughs> how, This, this how that... just came off the top of my head. I wasn't thinking all <laughs> wait, the way through. Wait, you
0: don't know Vince isn't an alcoholic. All right? <laughs> fair There's fair no enough. proof of that.
1: <laughs> For sure Brad Maddox was, so let's be honest here.
0: <laughs> Vicky Guerrero drank like a fish. I'll I'll uh, You know, it's it's funny though, as a as a guy who grew up as a Jim Crockett slash WCW guy. And watching the history of their champions come in and just be relegated to the mid card almost immediately, including even Flair after that first match with Hogan didn't draw. This would mark the first champion from WCW that they pushed to the moon from the get go. Yeah,
2: Uh, maybe, probably so. Um,
0: I'll I'll, I'll give I'll give you my historical. If they keep going on the top of my head, let's let's see Flair, Dusty. Uh, Harley Race, um, uh, Booker T, Chris Benoit, DDP, um, what certainly about, not Ron Va- Simmons. What,
2: what about Vader's great confrontation with Gorilla Monsoon? Remember that? Like the I'm, the stupidest. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: that's all I can think of as Vader anymore is is him talking about how fat he is. I'm so <laughs> mad at that still. Yeah, Vader. I would include Va- yeah Vader in that. Ron Simmons playing a gladiator straight out of The Running Man. <laughs> that Captain Freedom plastic crap he had on. And just, yeah. So what, this would be the first guy.
1: What about something What about something more realistic? And that if we do have Sting versus Triple H coming up at WrestleMania, and the gimmick does go in the way of Sting is bashing all the former people who had power that ended up ruining the company he was in, Kevin Nash is going to play a part in this feud somewhere.
2: Oof. I, I hope not.
1: Maybe I mean, just one night coming out to talk about Sting and WCW, but I think we're going to see Kevin Nash in between now and Mania.
0: Why don't that's, they just hire Bischoff and Russo back, too, for a one-shot?
1: Go ahead, Dylan. Did you have a thought on Kevin Nash, I, Bischoff, and I, Russo I, coming back, guaranteed?
2: I actually, <laughs> I actually think Nash coming back is not impossible. That, 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 that is, in no way is that an impossibility. I don't want to see it, but I, I, I think that it's uh, within the realm of reason. I can certainly envision a scenario where they would write him into the
1: storyline. Uh Punk X on Twitter says that Goldberg was pushed hard from the get-go uh coming into WWE. Uh-oh. I, su- was- I suppose I suppose he was for the that first match with Rock, but then it was kind was of, he- you know, same old guy. And then they had Austin kill him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that that uh, Goldberg's a special case. I don't know, maybe. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, let's get into the Survivor Series. So Survivor Series opened up with uh, a Raw segment, basically. Um, Sunday Night Raw (laughs) began with The Authority and Vince McMahon (laughs) coming out. 20 Uh, minutes of talking. It was 20 minutes of talking. Uh, We should have seen it coming, really, with only four matches announced prior, or five matches, I suppose, with the Women's Battle Royal or uh, Survivor Series match being added. Um, But the interesting part of this to me, and before Survivor Series started, Dylan, on Twitter, you had made the bold hot take that john cena was turning heel tonight and you stood by it all the way to the end yep and i commend you for that sir that took guts that took bravery it's a smarter pick than rob will ever make it was more than i would ever do i don't go that bold and i thought you nailed it dead on when vince mcmahon gave john cena the power to be the only one who could hire the authority back Mm. The only one who could hire him back was John Cena. That to me screamed heel turn. Maybe not tonight, but at some point. What are your thoughts on uh, this opening segment and your proclamation of John Cena, Dylan?
2: Well, let me tell you what I think is going on at this point. With uh, uh, like uh, As a more overarching theme in the booking of the WWE, I think their new sort of thing is to tease the John Cena heel turn in the mm-hmm. most egregious ways possible. So that you think it's got to happen here, or it might happen here time after time after time. Um, because I think, in a way, <laughs> the John Cena heel turn is the biggest selling point they have. Uh, because there's a huge portion of the audience that wants to see it. There's uh, you know, there's also a portion of the audience that just wants to see something different. They don't even care. I don't even think they can give a shit what it is. It's just what, what, whatever it is.
1: Uh-oh, something happened there. Dylan, are you there with me? I am here. I'm sorry about but, that. You were, you were saying, I don't know what happened there. I'm sorry about that, everybody, I, I, but go ahead.
2: I, 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 you know, this is what happens when you make bold proclamations. It but, is, yes. Um, but honestly, I think, uh, I, I, I honestly think that this is sort of a new WWE booking strategy, is to make it look like there's no way Cena can't turn heel and then pull back and sort of do something different. And um, I'm not, that may actually be a, a smart way to do things, to be honest. Um, I I don't I don't think that's a bad. Now, I will say this. The problem with doing this over and over again is and this is really like if you followed the booking up to this, there's really two conclusions you can draw about John Cena. One is that he's just a horrible person, just an (laughs) awful, awful, the lowest, most scummy human being maybe ever in the company. That's that's one conclusion you can draw. The other is that he was going to turn heel. So what they've now done is they've established him as this horrible scumbag who you would never want as a as a partner. But they you know, I I still think it's possible uh, that the you know the seed they planted with Stephanie and Triple H eventually maybe being brought back by him. You know, they're they're still there. It's still possible that this is going to lead to a long term and heel turn. But I think the bigger point is that this is sort of uh, I think teasing the scene a heel turn is like a. A, a device that they've been using since 2011 periodically mm-hmm. since, since the punk feud. And I think they're going to continue to use it for as long as they can until they absolutely feel like they have to pull the trigger. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of occasions where it's going to look like he's going to turn and then something's going to happen or they're going to do some other big angle or whatever. But I, I almost feel like uh, that's a smart business thing because I really feel like the Cena heel turn is the biggest card they have left to play at this point.
1: <laughs> it it really, it probably is. I mean, they've been saving it for so long. I, as far as big cards that you can do for the future, they've been holding it out. Maybe you wait until his merch dies down a little bit, if that's the big reason why you don't want to promote him. Maybe you, uh, maybe you are successful at getting um, Roman Reigns put up there, and now you have the room to move somebody else. Um, I do want to say, uh, just on a note, I, I don't know what happened with our call there, but uh, for some reason, adding the call didn't work, and now it's just going haywire. So I'll probably avoid adding calls. If you'd like to make a comment about Survivor Series or anything we say on the live show, hit us up at Twitter. Uh, at Shake Them Ropes is our Twitter handle. But we'll probably save calls for a little bit later, so I can figure out what's going on. But uh, Jeff, your thoughts on uh, this opening segment and that note by Dylan of the uh, of the heel turn card being saved for uh, John Cena?
0: Well, I, like I said after after Raw last week, John Cena's the best heel in this company. Um, I, that, just that note fascinates me just due to the ending. Cause I thought, think now it'd been fascinating if Sting had come out and John Cena had run out thinking he was a WCW invader and attacked <laughs> Sting <laughs> and caused the team to lose and caused his team to be fired due to his love of the company and him just misunderstanding <laughs> everything. Oh, that would have been sweet. Um, the temptation of John Cena just, it, it, it's, I, I get the heel turn part of it, and there have been logical times where you go, yeah, but now it's just, now it's scenery chewing villains trying to tempt him over the dark side. I just don't, <laughs> I, 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 I don't see that, but I'm, I'm going to find it interesting when, when Cena decides to play that I have to restore Triple H and Stephanie back to power card and I figured it's going to have something to do with Brock Lesnar, which is, again, why I figure Paul Heyman's probably going to be your new authority figure in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: let's get into the matches. There weren't a lot of them announced before the Survivor Series. Uh, Survivor Series opened with the tag titles on the line, uh, the Mizs against the Matadores, against Golden Stardust, and the Usos. And uh, Jeff, you and I both predicted the Mizes to win this one. They mm-hmm. did, and when uh, they won this one, they are the new tag team champions of the globe. Uh, thoughts on this match, guys? We'll start with Dylan, and then also thoughts on this crowd absolutely going crazy continually for Ms. Dow in this one.
2: Um, I, I really liked this match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, this is to me, this is um, sort of a, I, you either love it or you love it. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think this match works halfway. Um, you're either all in for what these guys were doing, or you just kind of find it silly and ridiculous. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of of comedy wrestling as a whole, and there were aspects of this that I thought sort of came a little bit too close to falling off the edge and to ridiculous. But... um, Generally speaking, I thought it was uh, a very entertaining match and the right sort of thing you want opening a pay per view. And 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 you know they built to the Mizdow or to to the Mizdow tag that was like the the, the yeah. huge the, you know it was well built match. So setting aside any of the comedic stuff, you know they built to that moment and that moment ended up being the finish. So I actually had good psychology in its own way. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I've you know my only criticism of this is and this will come up later very briefly they've really turned the tag team division into almost a comedy division you know like there, there's there's you know, of the, of the of the existing tag teams right now on the roster with the exception of the usos pretty much all of them are comedy teams to one degree or another so you have this weird situation where you've got um they they spent you know the better part of the last couple of years doing i think a very good job uh, building up the titles and making them feel like serious titles, and actually at times arguably the most relevant title in the company. and now it's a comedy belt. so it, it's you know it it's really sort of a weird dynamic because i'm I'm enjoying what they're doing, but I'm not sure that it's a good idea long
3: term.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm uh, I'm a huge fan of tag team wrestling, but this is basically kind of a standard, you know, what you've been getting of late with multi-tag matches and whatnot. The one twist to it that I really enjoyed was it seemed like they didn't just do faces versus heels all the time. You had, you know, you had the um, Matadores going after the Usos and you had, you know, Golden Stardust really kind of screwing around with the Mizdows, which I thought was a nice twist on, on the thing. I mean, you get your multi-man spots, you get the, you get Torito flying all over the place. Um, uh, <laughs> Damien Sandow finally gets a title. Finally. Um, <laughs> you know, it should have been road scholars, you know, a year and a half ago or so. Uh, but overall I enjoyed the match. I thought, and I, and, and this crowd was great throughout the entire pay-per-view. I, I really liked this crowd a lot. Um, and I think they really helped a lot of things that could have fallen flat. Um, uh, be better.
1: Yeah, I, I thought. I mean, it was a perfect finish. I thought. I mean, as far yeah. as what you can do, and that crowd seemed to love it. They were all building and building uh, throughout the match, waiting for Miz Dow to get in there. And then he does. He steals the tag. It was the only way that he was going to get in this match was stealing a tag.
0: Well, it was. It was. A, it was a story match, and they built the story correctly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all. That's all you can really ask for. You, that. you
1: had that brief moment of the Miz just wondering what just happened, and his stunt double just took the spotlight from him and then Miz says I don't care I won the belts grab both of them and he celebrated with the both belts and that was awesome i i don't know if they're going to be promoted as a babyface team at this point or keep going with this heel dynamic they have because you would think the logical challengers are still golden stardust or bringing up someone like the ascension from NXT or you can just keep going with the usos i suppose like we only have, we only have 3 weeks until TLC and you would think that they're going to be on the show
0: yeah, this is gonna be the tag team partners that don't necessarily get along story that we've seen millions and millions of times until they probably turn Ms. Miz, Dow face. Uh, t-
1: I,
2: I think, I think, I think you're going to see a rematch at TLC. I think it'll be a, a ladder match or something for the belts of all four teams. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I can see that too. I mean, especially if you on this short a schedule, you would think yeah. that would probably be a good idea.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no time to build another program anywhere, so you might as well. And,
2: and I mean, that can be your spot. Your crazy spot fest for the night. I mean, like, that's really ideally your crazy spot fest for the night. So,
1: right. We had a crazy spot fest in a way. Team Paige versus Team Natalia. <laughs> uh, the women's, the divas, rather, Survivor Series four on four. Team Natalia got the sweep here. We both had Team Natalia win in this match, Jeff, even though I incorrectly thought that you had Team Page winning this match. Uh, they won mm-hmm. four to one. Paige was the last one standing. Uh, there was a brief let's go Page" chant as she was <laughs> the only one fighting off these uh, four women against her. Uh, but yeah, Naomi, Natalia, Emma, and Alicia Fox get the win. This was a very polarizing match on Twitter, uh, if my feed is any indication. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match, Dylan, and where do they go with the rest of the women from here?
2: I had no problem with this match at all. Uh, I I it didn't uh, you know I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't hate it. I thought Paige and Emma both looked really good, and I've been pretty critical of both of them since they've come up to the main roster because I think they've both been disappointing, to be frank. Particularly Paige, who's actually been given chances and has failed several times in my really. View. Oh yeah, I think she yeah. I think she's failed horrifically at times on the main roster. Well, she's and, failed
1: and, she's failed as the babyface side, but I at any time um, you know you have someone coming up cold as this babyface. Uh, who's much better. We've seen Paige in NXT and she was much better. She was playing up a heel, the in, at least the late run that she had in NXT. And to switch her cold as a babyface in front of a crowd that really doesn't know her, I thought she was doomed from the start. But ever since this heel turn, after some of the silliness got done with AJ, I thought she's been excellent the last couple of months. But you're not oh, no,
2: she's she, she's gotten progressively better. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. I, I I certainly agree that she's gotten progressively better. My point was more or less that for somebody who was sort of deemed the the WWE female super worker, yeah. for last, lack of a better term. And she actually had the matches you, should, you could point to down in NXT when she got to the main roster. She wasn't lighting the world on fire mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, she's progressively gotten better. I thought she was really good in this match. Um, and I thought Emma was good in this match. Um, the rest of them, I thought, varied from okay to, in the case of Summer Rae, horrifically awful. <laughs> she was not like, good like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, among the worst performances I can recall seeing on, on a televised event. And I've been watching wrestling for, for really my entire life. Uh, I mean, just an awful, awful performance on her part. Um, as a match, though, I had no problem with it. I was, I was surprised to see how negative some people were on Twitter not that I really thought people were going to be going crazy about it, but uh, you know, to me it was perfectly fine and it was logically booked. I mean, it, it, it made sense. It was an elimination match where none of the eliminations felt rushed. It really didn't right. I mean, like, and, and I mean, that that's, you know, they gave them enough time to tell a little bit of a story, not enough time to completely expose the people in the match that were absolutely abysmal with the exception of Summer Rae and the, the women who you expected to be, you know, to look good and, and, you know, work hard did so. I had no problem with it at all. I wouldn't call it a good match, but I was it was fine. It was fine for the card.
1: Team, I, I know Jeff that you have really high opinions on this one.
0: Actually, you know what? <laughs> I I I kind of liked this match. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you were setting up there. If I was going to be negative about really it. really nothing, um, really nothing. Okay, okay, just 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 because it was such that was such a loaded statement for some reason.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I, I got to find I, better times to do that.
0: I thought Emma was, I thought Emma's. I thought this was a nice Emma redemption project uh, tonight. I thought she was really good. Um, a little, a little off in a few spots, but overall really good. Uh, a couple things that fascinated me about this. I thought there was a moment in this match when it was four on one against Paige, And I yep. thought Paige was going to run through all four of them. I did too. I did. I thought this was going to be the time where they did that. Um, there was a lot of smack talking in this match that got picked up. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but like there was a moment where Paige is like she has Emma on the top rope and is about to do like a super so you get up there, you fat cow or something. Yeah, like there was, I
1: want to say that heard I heard that. I heard that all over the show tonight. I was hearing, especially during the main event, Seth Rollins was almost as if he was on commentary the where the way I could hear him over anyone else. I that's definitely an interesting point because I heard that throughout the entire show, just hearing voices in my head. I'm like, yeah, what's going on here?
0: That there was a moment where Paige was was like heading over towards the the face corner with I forgot who it was, but you hear Alicia Fox just yell, you suck!
4: Oh yeah, I heard <laughs> yeah. that. Oh,
0: yeah. And that just cracked my shit up. I don't know why, but um but overall I, I was surprised that it was uh it was a uh no eliminations on the face side, but uh I had no problems with the match overall.
1: Yeah, I sometimes when I judge matches that Cameron, Summer Rae and Rosa are involved in, mm. I just go on the not bad scale. And this was not bad. I didn't really notice Emma that much as far as a standout. I think it's more along the fact that we just haven't seen much of her in her entire run in WWE. So when she gets larger flashes, it's something new and different that we're not really expecting. So we just kind of give it a higher praise already, but the match was all right. I mean, yeah, Layla Layla trying to kick now that she's more
0: endowed is a little bit troublesome, but other than that, (laughs)
1: Uh, there are problems that they have to work around. Uh, We get to what was, in actuality, what? This was the only singles match on the entire show. Am I wrong there with Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt? You are not uh, wrong. That's right. This was the only singles well, match no. on the show. No, no, the Divas title match. Oh, yes, that I'm sorry. There was a Divas oh, that, title match, yes. So I've
2: got, a, I've got a lot to say about
1: that one. Oh, oh we're almost there. <laughs> oh, we're, do you? We have a little bit. We have a little bit. What wow. we're going to say about that match lasted longer than the match, which is fun. Okay. But uh Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose, um Jeff, you and I both predicted Bray Wyatt to win this one, so we moved to 3-0. Uh, Bray Wyatt won via DQ. This was an absolute commercial on the free pay-per-view to set up the not-free pay-per-view in three weeks. Uh, good while it lasted. I thought the crowd was really into it towards the very late stages of this match. And then we got the DQ win. Um, yeah, that, that's it. I mean, it's another Ambrose win. I wrote, down, I went back and looked at the Dean Ambrose history on pay per view this year after the breakup of the Shield. Loss, 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 loss. The Money in the Bank show, he was attacked by Kane. He was out of most of the match, and Seth wins Money in the Bank. At Battleground, that was the big bait and switch uh, match where Seth Rollins won via forfeit because Dean Ambrose was taken out before the show, and they didn't really have much of anything. SummerSlam, Seth beat Dean in that lumberjack match where everyone and their mother interfered. And then, of course, Kane cost Dean the win. And then Hell in a Cell. Seth beat Dean when Bray Wyatt interfered, and we really didn't get a a full resolution to this Bray Wyatt-Seth Rollins. That's the history of Dean Ambrose on pay-per-view lately, and he loses another one. I only hope that they'll redeem him next month, uh, just in three weeks, at TLC. But yeah, another Bray Wyatt win via DQ over Dean Ambrose. Thoughts on this match. Uh, Jeff, go ahead and start this one.
0: Uh, overall, you know, up until you know the free commercial, uh I was I was kind of digging this match quite a bit. I, I thought they man, did they take some bumps for each other, especially like the uh the double clothesline spot on the outside. I thought that was rather impressive. Um you know, you you kind of knew what this you knew this wasn't going to be the blow-off match of any kind, even though the destruction of Bray Wyatt at the end, I just, there was a moment where I thought Wow, is that gonna be it? That they're just gonna bury them under tables, and that's gonna be it. But uh, I, it's odd I have so little to say about this match, even though I enjoyed it. There wasn't, there's not. A, I don't have a heavy opinion one way or another about. it. I really enjoyed what I saw, but it, it seemed short to me for some reason. Uh, maybe the Bray Wyatt promo to set up the DQ I could have done without. But other than that, no real complaints.
2: Don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever want to hear Bray Wyatt speak again. At this <laughs> ever, point. Yeah, um, ever. I could I could live without him. Like like if he lost his voice, I'd be perfectly fine with it. I don't ever want to hear him talk ever.
1: Yes, um, as soon as he grabbed that mic, I was like, "Well, uh, there's the match."
2: Yeah, and and you know, here's the thing about this: D- you're absolutely right, Rob. Dean Ambrose has been booked so bad, and, and I, I've made this point repeatedly. Uh, that he they, he's been booked so badly that he went from being probably my favorite guy on the roster when he was in the shield even bef- before the breakup to being a guy I don't care about at all mm-hmm. and to, you know they've paired him with a guy that I care about even less you know I, I, as as a match um you know it's kind of funny because they didn't really do any of the feeling out stuff it's like they immediately went to yeah. sort of trading bombs and this was the kind of match where if it had any sort of real finish at all, Dave, and it was on a New Japan Tokyo Dome show, and it was Godo versus Makabe or something, uh, Dave Meltzer would have given it four and a half stars. <laughs> because they, because, I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. it was two guys. And, 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 you know, it was Dean Ambrose. It was kind of odd because they booked it sort of like a Haas battle type match. Yeah. But Dean Ambrose is like, you know, 50, 60 pounds short of being a true Haas. Um, but they did work really stiff. And there were some really good spots in it. And, you know, they, they did some creative spots in it, I thought. And it was it was entertaining to watch. Um, it was kind of weird because there were moments where the crowd was really into it. And then, like, they seemed to lose the crowd. And then, you know, they'd hit one more big spot. And they'd have them back. And then they'd lose them again for a minute. So it was very – it was, very, it was a, just an odd match to watch. You know, and it's especially odd when you consider the fact that these guys were part of the two – most over acts in the entire company with the exception of Daniel Bryan at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And now you look at them and it's not that they're not over because they are in their own way. But it's so diminished from where they were, yeah. you know, back at the elimination chamber when the crowd was chanting, this is awesome before the match even started. <laughs> like, it's so it's so diminished. And the finish, I really didn't have a huge problem with the finish um you know because i expected some sort of bs and there was no magic there was no magic tricks so i was happy uh there was no ridiculous black scorpion s type stuff
1: and so no, no crazy props just the basic steel chair
2: Yeah, I mean, so I I, I was not, it wasn't as bad as I feared. So even though it was bad, it didn't bother me (laughs)
1: because
2: I feared so much worse. But it was a very odd match, I I, thought.
1: I think in our predictions too, because Jeff and I both had Bray Wyatt winning this one, we thought it wasn't going to be a clean as a sheet win. Yeah, we thought it was
0: going to be a setup for the TLC. It's a promotion
1: for TLC. And boy, did we get this when this match ended because Dean Ambrose brought out many a chair, many a table, and one ladder, and they announced... At the next pay per view, that it will be Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt in a TLC match. So we already have one of the main events for the next pay per view, and that's what happens when it's three weeks away. Is you okay. have to add something right away. Two things. Number one, yeah, Dave would have ranked
0: it four and a half stars. He would have taken away that half star for no head but, dueling headbutt spot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> love you, Dave. Um, and also, uh, out of the out of the other two of you, who thought he was coming off the ladder? At some
1: point.
2: I was surprised he didn't. I I was a little surprised. Yeah.
1: I was surprised he didn't, but thank God he didn't. (laughs) Because I was getting, I was actually getting ready to write a tweet like, oh, and we just got the finish of the TLC match. (laughs) Because what else could they do? There's no belt they're fighting over. That was going to be the finish. is him coming off the ladder going on, you know, doing something crazy.
0: Well, my fear was my fear was when they started putting him under this stuff that there was, was going to be some sort of mystical ending where he like disappeared in smoke before uh, uh, uh. before he could jump off the ladder or something something stupid like that.
2: I'm thankful you, they what, didn't. You but. know what's really you know what's really stupid is the fact that one of these guys is going to lose, and <laughs> and look, I'm not a Bray Wyatt guy at all, but the fact is, if you go back to the beginning of this year. Bray Wyatt looked like the guy that was going to get the push. He wrestled Cena oh, yeah. at WrestleMania for Christ's sake. Yeah. They it, well, and, 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 and they've already screwed up and Ambrose too. So neither guy can afford to lose. This is another one of these feuds they put themselves in like my all-time most hated idiotic thing they did, which was the Ryback Punk feud from a few years ago, where they put themselves in a position where neither guy can afford to lose, regardless of how you feel about them. Just sort of from a long-term booking perspective, no matter who wins, it, 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 or or who loses, it's going to be wrong.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, and, and we've we've hit all the bases with with the uh, with the WrestleMania white knighting, considering that Cesaro is <laughs> doomered and doomed, and and Daniel Bryan's off the off the card, and you know it's like, well, all we have now is uh, Roman Reigns. And after that inter, and after that promo, <laughs> he's giving the same promo every how's your rehab going? Well, you know I my rehab's going well, but I'd much rather be there in the arena with you fans, and once I come back, I'm gonna kick ass. Believe that.
1: Cocking like cock that fist. Oh Jesus. Can be cocking that fist coming back. Um we had a backstage segment where the authority was getting a, a pep talk by Triple H. Poor Jamie Noble is in the back, sandwiched in between Mark Henry and the T V monitor. In this large room where they have to carve out a quarter of it. Um, Yeah, and that would prove to be the motivating factor for their team. Mark Henry did not take this motivation uh, to the soul, should you say. Uh, And we'll get to that in a bit. We had the unadvertised special attraction match that had I known was going to happen, I would have told all my friends to watch this show. Adam Rose and the Bunny taking Mm. on the reteaming Slater Gator. Uh, Adam Rose and the bunny get the win. The bunny more specifically gets the win as he works pretty much the entire match. Adam Rose is left there hanging his uh, hand in bewilderment. And we get the continuation of this all-important feud, Adam Rose and the bunny. Uh, nothing special in the match, I thought. Um, where are they going from here with Adam Rose and the bunny? Are we ever going to see this end, and hopefully soon? <laughs> Go
2: ahead, Dylan.
1: Best reaction um... tonight.
2: I don't – look, I don't dislike
1: the idea of
2: doing things like this, but this is a segment that has no business on a pay-per-view. If you – like – and I know it's not technically a pay-per-view. It's a free event, okay? But it has no business on a special card. Let's just say – put it that way. It has no business on a card that is like one of your big events of the year. Um, And I rarely take that position. I'm usually – not at all that bothered by stuff like this, you know, because it's, it's filler or whatever. They could have, you know, if you want to have these guys have a match and you want to do this angle, which really doesn't make sense anyway, because they're kind of doing the same thing anyway with Miz and Mizdow. So you got two tag teams doing the same friggin' angle. But even even setting that aside, why not let them have a seven or eight minute match? Why not let them actually have a match? I mean, if you if you're if you're going to I don't get it. I don't understand what the point is of of putting this segment on for the three or four minutes that the match lasted. It just makes no sense. Why not? I, I mean, if you go if you insist on putting it on at all, give them seven or eight minutes. Let them have a halfway decent match, which I think these guys could do. It's not it's not like these are terrible people we're talking about. That you know, I like Titus. I like Slater. Uh, the bunnies got some fun spots. Uh, I could take or leave Adam Rose, but I mean, I it's just. Well, I mean, I don't even know what to say
1: about it. It's just stupid. It makes no sense to even put this on the show, especially when this same exact thing has been happening on not just the WWE B <laughs> shows, but this <laughs> is stuff. This is stuff happening on main event. I
2: I don't get it. I just don't understand what possible reason. Like, did they were they like when they when they were going through the uh, like timing things out? Where they were like, oh my god, we're six minutes short. We've got. <laughs> We've got we've got to, we've got to get six minutes of airtime for this show that went all the way to eleven. So let's uh, it's, no come on. I mean, there's no point in this. It's just it's completely ridiculous. Match of the I tr- night.
0: I truly hate feuds based on wrestlers playing with toys. Somewhere, Ole Anderson's rolling over in his grave. Um, <laughs> that said, S- Slater and and and. Uh, and Titus were great in that segment, but uh ah oh, man can't can't you can't you job somebody else other than Slater? I, 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 miss, I miss that guy being both him and Gabriel. I thought were, we're one of the more underrated tag teams coming out of that whole
1: nexus angle. Maybe, um, I'm, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I don't know if either of you two noticed during the commentary in this match or if you guys were even paying attention because honestly, it's easy terrible. to drown out. It, yeah, but I've noticed this uh, in writing about main event and watching main event on Tuesdays is Michael Cole is starting to be a little bit more serious about the bunny. You know, coming out saying, "Yeah, we're having our fun," but it's a man in a bunny costume, and he's a really good athlete. Like they're actually putting over the athlete in the bunny costume now, because I think sooner than later, maybe within the next three weeks, we're going to get someone coming out of that costume, and by all means, it very well could be Sami Zayn.
2: I think it's going to be Sami Zayn.
1: Yep, to put you know, him over.
2: And whether or not that's a whether or not that's a good or bad debut. Like on the surface, it seems like it would be a terrible way to debut him, but I'm actually not entirely sure it is only because at least he's at least that entity is over because the bunny is over. Yeah, whatever you think, whatever you think it is, you know, he's the most over
1: part of that program.
2: Yeah, he's one of the most over things on the show because nobody else is over. I mean, like tonight's the exception on most of these shows. Nothing gets a reaction. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of the, the, that's one of the reasons that tonight's show, I think uh, I actually really, you know, enjoyed it maybe more than like, if you looked at at everything and kind of added it up cumulatively, there's really no reason I should have enjoyed the show as much as I did. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that there was a crowd that cared and and the fact that the show did have a real variety show feel to it. There was a little bit, uh, everything felt a little bit different. It wasn't very samey to me. So I think those two things really helped the show as a whole, but, uh, this match didn't.
1: (laughs) It was, uh, what about the next one? The Divas title on the line, Nikki Bella against AJ Lee. Uh, Jeff, we both got this one too. We predicted Nikki Bella to win the title here with help from Bree. We just didn't expect the help from Bree to happen right as the match began. Uh, we have a new Divas champion, Jeff
0: yeah um, and, that, and
1: that floored you apparently
0: i was gobsmacked That <laughs> this is how they booked this match and JBL, and, then, and and then how they explained it as yeah. a call back to the seamus mm-hmm. daniel Bryan <laughs> wrestlemania match really okay
1: the the kiss now, of now, death reared its head but yeah i thought that was interesting too um because I've been,
0: I've been living my life all day. Was there something <laughs> on the internet that, that happened that said that this is going to be AJ's going away or something
1: that um, I missed? No, I think that's the long rumor, you know, especially with everything going with CM Punk and, you know, AJ starting up a new website, AJ dash Brooks.com or AJ hyphen Brooks for all you hyphenites out there. Um, I, I think there's a lot of just people talking that AJ's on the way out. And, just going by the context of this match and the way they sent her packing, it may not be all that far-fetched to happen. Uh, but yeah, the kiss of death, I it was interesting the way they explained it too, because JBL is calling back to that Sheamus and Daniel Bryan match. And yeah, AJ is involved, but that's about the only similarity. Uh, but yeah, we do have that new champion. And now the issue becomes what's going to happen between the Bellas. Uh, any thoughts on this 15 second match, Dylan?
2: Um, I really liked the All Japan level learned psychology here. Yeah. And the Misawa <laughs> level forearm that Nikki threw. Uh
1: huh. That was, was a hard hitting one. Was, yeah. Was
2: was really great.
1: All right. Oh,
0: um, I, I thought you were gonna go with All Japan women. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, no 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 no
2: no. This was this was next level. This no. was 19, 19, <laughs> this was 1990s All Japan heavyweights um i and, don't you know uh, dylan I,
1: before before you go on i don't know if you're too familiar with the show but we don't have time to go move by move in this match so if you want to <laughs> yeah.
2: um yeah i know i i, I don't i don't want to do a three-hour show here on, right, the, on, right. on, the, on the deep on the deep nuances of this one but uh i actually kind of liked what they did just because it was totally out of left field normally That's i'm for not sure. Normally, I'm not one of these guys who, like, oh, it's a surprise, so it's good. In fact, oftentimes, I hate that. Um, Mm. But I kind of thought that that was not a bad thing to do because Nikki, I think, has actually improved some in the ring. And on top of it, it, if they're going to keep the Bellas on TV, um, I would rather them do an angle um, where they are, where we don't get these sort of, like, uh, uh, Bree's My Maid skits mm-hmm. are that kind of garbage. So, uh, you know, this is kind of like a lesser evil to me. Uh, and I don't really want to see a protracted uh, Bellas and AJ feud based on the horrors of the last few weeks of television. So um, this is, you know, I, I, I kind of liked it for what it was. I mean, like is maybe a strong word, but again, it was one of those segments I had no problem with at all.
0: Can I get more Bree and AJ making out?
1: That'd be nice. People on Twitter were showing the obligatory uh, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, you know, crazed reaction photos on Twitter as they became Eskimo (laughs) brothers tonight. (laughs) Put that in the uh, EBDB. That's the only time
0: we'll ever use the term Eskimo brothers on this show. Put that in the
1: EBDB. We got a new entry. Um, But yeah, Nikki Bella, the new champion. And I believe later on this week, the... Uh, servitude of Brie Bella to Nikki will end. Oh yeah. There's an emancipation proclamation. Right so TLC, there. we yeah. might be able to see those two go at it for this title or continue. Who knows where we go from here? Maybe, maybe Brie has seen the light and she's going to keep helping her sister. Doubt it, but you never know. Uh, we have, uh, I believe this is the part in the show where they announced the Dean Wyatt match for TLC. So we are getting that one match in the books Jeff, you and I were 4-0 and going into the main event. The main event was going to make and break everything for mm-hmm. who won the prediction in the first week of us counting it for real. Yeah, my fragile self-esteem was in wait. Although I, I might say with only five Psst. matches announced, we may have to make TLC the first where we really count the predictions.
0: Rob, just get to the match.
1: The main event, <laughs> Team Cena versus Team Authority. Uh, we had everybody but the winner. Facing elimination, we had nine eliminations in this match. uh I don't even know where you guys want to start on this because there was a lot going on. We'll get to the big news that happened after it. We'll get to the big winner in this one, uh Dylan. Where do you want to start in this match? I mean, as far as who was announced or who was eliminated early, how the match was paced, uh, what were your overall thoughts on this main event tonight?
2: Uh, I I really enjoyed it as a match up until the stuff at the end, which. It, it wasn't even that I disliked the stuff at the end, it's just that kind of kills, like, if you're, you know, if you're talking about, like, match of the year type stuff, which isn't the most important thing in the world, but if you're a geek like me, you sort of keep tabs of that. Yeah. Um, You know, not that this would have been necessarily a contender anyway, but, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the ending itself kills that, because you basically, the match ends on a lengthy, protracted angle that goes on for a while, probably too long, even though I thought generally it was pretty good. Um, so from that perspective, uh, you know, you could argue that it kind of ended in a disappointing fashion, um, the match itself. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it is, it is hard to know where to begin because they did give this a lot of time. Um, and they, they did a lot of things in this match that should have, I, I would actually argue they shouldn't have worked, but they did. Like um, Rusev being and uh, Rusev and Ryback being eliminated so early should not have worked, really, in my opinion. Because you, you, in theory, these are like the the special enforcers of each team, kind of. And it, you know, yet it did. Kane being in there so long should not have worked, but it it kind of did. Uh, you know, Mark Henry getting eliminated so quickly in theory, I don't think should have worked, but it did. Uh, Big Show turning really kind of at a weird time to turn. Um, you know that shouldn't have worked, and it did. So there's a lot. There's a lot of things that they did in this match that, on paper, if you had told me this is how the match is going to go down, I'd be like, that sounds terrible. But in practice, a lot of it worked. So I, you know, it's it's kind of a weird match in that they broke a lot of the things that. Um, I would have wanted to see over the course of the match develop. They sort of either threw out really early, like for example, the Ryback and Rusev encounter, or that we never really fully got them developed the way I wanted to get them developed. So it, it should not, I should not have liked it as much as I did, but I really did like it. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Actually. I thought it was overall a very good match that featured some really good performances by several different guys. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think most people would s- probably say the star of the match was Ziggler, and I would not necessarily disagree with that. Certainly he was the guy that left the biggest star, or, you know, in a lot of ways. But I thought Rusev looked really great for the time he was in there. You know, I thought he really sort of – and I've been high on him for a while, but I thought he really looked really strong in this match. in um, the way they presented him and even the way they took him out, which, again – Maybe shouldn't have worked, but for me, it really did. There was a lot of stuff about this match that was great, including yeah. Stephanie McMahon, who was absolutely awesome. I am 100% with you on that, Rob. You know that. But uh, I'm all in on Stephanie as the non-wrestler of the year.
1: I will say I have, I have a pretty good contingent on my side now with you, Chris Harrington, and David Bix. We are all on Team Stephanie for best non-wrestler, so I feel pretty good about being in that company. <laughs> now we just got to convince Jeff and get him on our side, which is going to be very gonna
0: tough. You're not going to pass Heyman.
2: I don't, even I don't even think Heyman's good. Okay. I mean, well, hey, 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 Heyman's, a, Heyman's a great promo, but he destroys careers. He's a
1: career destroyer. After, after the recording of this episode, <laughs> oh, we are going I, to do, hold on. We are going to do a celebrity death match <laughs> with Dylan and Jeff. Part one will be Paul Heyman. Part two will be staying in the Hall of Fame. Okay. It's going to be our best show ever. Most listened to.
2: Heyman uh-huh. will not make my top three. I don't think uh, great, great promo. No denying it. I think he's tremendous on the on the pre and post show stuff that he does. He's always the best guy on the panel. Um, but I, I, I just look at, you know, what he's done with the guys they've given him and nobody has benefited with the possible exception of Brock. And even with Brock, the sit-down promos he did with the hype for the, the Cena stuff were just as good as anything Haman did. But th- anyway, that's a separate discussion. I'm just throwing in my two cents there.
1: Well, See, I, for I, me, I like, like your
0: that. Oh, no No, Oh, you shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I just I I think it's it's just Heyman, what he was given. I mean, it's not like he couldn't get those guys over if he was given control of that. It's but I want to get to the match, so so let's let's continue with the match rather than well, let's go with the, rather, let's rather go, than the community theater right, expert right. Stephanie McMahon.
1: Yeah, uh, well, we'll start. Henry Mark Henry was eliminated. I want to get to the Henry elimination. He was. She's a,
0: no she's no Bruce Tharp. Let's okay. put it
1: that one. Uh, the Henry elimination came about ten minutes after. The Nikki Bella and AJ Lee match ended with a quick pinfall. I mean, one move and you were done. And then we had that to start the main event. I thought that was a little odd. Uh, he was eliminated by Big Show. So obviously Big Show, who was going to turn later on, didn't care about still making an enemy out of Mark Henry. Cause Hey, they're enemies. So at least they did something there that made somewhat a little bit of sense. Uh, but you're right, Ryback and Rusev were the next two eliminated. Uh, so Jeff, your thoughts so far with Henry eliminated right away, and then Ryback and Rusev, the big Haas members in this match, getting eliminated right after that?
0: I thought they did a lot of clever things, and then in the end they didn't do the right thing, which is odd. Um, and that would be to have Ziggler actually win the match on his own. Uh, see, I liked the Henry elimination. It it gave a nice little shock factor to the match where you went, oh, and then, you know, for us cynical, smarky fans, we thought, oh, man, they're going to have the authority come from behind and win this. It's going to seem hopeless, and then somehow they're going to think of a way to do it. um I, You know what? It's odd because the Ryback elimination was the only one I really didn't care for all that much. uh I thought, you know, you've built up this guy for a few weeks. You're going to get rid of
1: him like that? Four but, weeks. Four weeks of TV built up to which team this guy would choose and that he was one of the bigger pieces in the match. And he, and was, got a, out. he was a nothing elimination by yeah. Rusev. Now, if the goal was to put over Rusev for being the guy who put over this guy, no one told us that. Certainly well, Michael Cole didn't.
0: Well, was it really Rusev who got that that rubber? Was it uh, Rollins with I mean, the curb stomp? You
1: can kind of give it to Rollins. You can kind of give it to both of them. But Rusev got the big uh, kick and then the pinfall.
0: Okay. Uh I thought – but I did think the Rusev elimination was very clever. I thought the way they did that with with, with the two stooges trying to push him back into the ring as Lana and and Steph yell. I thought that was good. (laughs) You know what? Rusev (laughs) – Rusev as cheerleader on the apron got a pop out of me during during, (laughs) during the match. I I, – for some reason that just cracked me up where where it's just – He's just he just lifts both his arms and just starts cheering real loudly at some point. I just went, Wow, I love this guy. Such a man crush.
1: But Spe- overall Speaking of Rusev on the sideline, the very first elimination, I, I noticed I don't know why I was looking at the uh the people on the apron at this point. But when Mark Henry gets punched and goes down for the pinfall, Rusev is the only one making any visible reaction. You know, Triple H and Stephanie are there looking stunned, but Rusev is you know signaling him to get up he's waving his arms like get up henry get up henry and when the three count happens rusev is there with his arms wide open looking at mark henry like we picked you for this team rusev was great
0: look if it's up to rusev he'd be selling his ankle from the jack swagger match still
3: yeah that's true Um,
0: you know, I didn't have a problem with the uh, – I don't know if I'm supposed to continue, but I, I didn't have a problem with the Big Show turn if they, as long as they explain it with the uh, ironclad contract, which Ben Pitchford reminds me
1: of. He was he couldn't be fired anyways. Yeah, I – again, we – on last week's Shake Them Ropes, we were talking about who might be able – who might turn from this babyface team. <laughs> and I – I literally said that it could be anyone on this team except Big Show doesn't really have a good reason because he is, he just feuded with the authority a year ago. They sold his house. They were doing all this crazy stuff to him. I think Dylan's cutting out a little bit. I'm not sure. Dylan, you still with us? Yep. Okay. I don't know what's going on there with the Skype, but you know, Skype's fun. Uh, Big Show was the only one I thought would not make sense to turn and go figure He's the one who does it. I don't care that he's the one who turns, other than the fact that he turns a million times a year. But yeah, Big Show went out. Uh, I want to get Dylan's thoughts on the Big Show turn a little bit, but I also want to uh, get the thoughts on... Tonight was the first time we saw the big Rowan and Luke Harper confrontation. They teased it early, got a really good reaction, and then they ended up competing later on against each other with Harper actually getting the win over Rowan to eliminate him. Uh, Those two pieces of this match, the Big Show turn... And the Harper and Rowan angle. What were your thoughts, Dylan, on that going into the Survivor Series?
2: Um, I the Big Show turn. The only thing that really didn't work about that was that the the actual punch to Cena didn't look very good. Um, the other uh, aside from that, even though logically I, I don't disagree with you guys, I I I thought it kind of worked. Uh, oh. You know, and, I loved it. I thought it,
0: it made me uh, 300% more interested in the match that John Cena was eliminated.
2: Yeah, I mean, if they weren't going to turn... It's funny because I actually had a conversation with a, a buddy of mine at work that, I, that watches the shows. It's a, a fan. And we talked about it today, and I, and I said to him then, you know, um, and, and he sort of reiterated this even more strongly than me, if they're not going to turn Cena, the goal of tonight's show should be to make Dolph look like the big star because Dolph had been the guy... That had gotten all the the worst brunt of everything from the authority in the lead up to this. So when the big show turns and he knocks out Cena, and you realize they're both gone and Dolph's the only guy left. Well, at that point, you realize Dolph was the guy that was getting the rub. So you know it, it kind of it breathed. It it made it it was a shocking moment. Not so much because Big Show turned, but because it meant Dolph was the last guy left, and that Dolph was going to be the last guy standing. And I, I so to me, it really, really, it really worked. Um, As far as Rowan and Harper, look, I think Eric Rowan's a good wrestler. I'm, I'm mystified that people don't think he's good. Uh I don't think, see a single thing that he does bad in the ring. I think he's I'm not that I'm not saying he's outstanding. He's not, but I think he's a very solid big guy. I thought he looked good in there tonight for the flurries that he had. I thought his interactions with Harper are good. I assume they're going to, you know, end up in an intercontinental title program, which I assume will they'll probably book, you know, five to 10 minute matches and they'll be pretty good. So um, I enjoyed all of the above, you know, uh, you could you could maybe argue that Rowan and Harper should have had a little bit more meat to it, but I really enjoyed what they did with it. I thought teasing it early and delivering it late was the right thing.
1: I'd agree with that. I also think as far as contention about Rowan is my point is that I just don't think we know enough yet because he hasn't been in there in singles matches. Um, I looked at it. He's had seven matches all year, singles matches, seven, and I'm sure most of them didn't go very long. Uh, We just haven't seen a lot on TV and on pay-per-views with Rowan in there for a length of time to tell me if he's good or bad. Now, I liked what he did tonight, and I think Rowan's going to be okay and i like the presence that he brings i'm not trying to hate on rowan i just don't know if we've seen anything from him yet
2: i've really liked him in some of the in some of the tags earlier this year see there there were tag matches uh that he and and luke harper had and even some six mans where i thought he was the best guy in the match and yeah. and, and this is when he's in there with harper and the usos who i i really like all those guys so um you know but i i having said that you you always have to watch out for the Roman Reigns effect, which is <laughs> what, what's going to happen when these guys are actually left to their own devices and have to go 15 to 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Uh,
1: we, we yeah, keep going. Hold on. Oh, I,
0: one other thing. I'm, I'm just relieved that they didn't do what, what, if this were a raw match, it would have been Ziegler against these three guys. He would have gotten two of the pins, distraction, finish Rollins with the curb stomper and pinned Ziegler. And that would have been the end of the show. I'm thankful they didn't do
1: that. When we were finally down, after I believe it was the Kane elimination, I thought this match... uh, Again, I don't think anyone's going to vote it match of the year. But as far as fun and as far as entertained, this match was awesome to me. Like I loved everything after Ziggler eliminated Kane and he was down to Harper and Rollins. All the craziness that goes into it. Yeah, of course, had the... Reveal that, uh you know, once we had, I mean, there's just so much craziness. Uh, before you know we get into the craziness, really, really, go ahead. Really go
0: ahead. Made, you know who else really made the environment of the show was Triple H. Yeah. Triple H, even before he got into the ring, just all his reactions. He's kind of being the stoic member of the couple while still suffering quite a bit. I thought Triple H was great.
1: Triple H was this guy who, of course, we all talked about why he wasn't putting himself in this match or the fact that he wasn't putting himself into this match. But at some point, as he saw that Dolph Ziggler had momentum and might win this bout, Triple H became incensed and he had to take Maynard into his own hands. And he hits the pedigree on Dolph Ziggler. He brings uh, Scott Armstrong back, who's now his personal <laughs> ref for whenever he needs him. Scott Patrick of the WWE. Sky Armstrong. So he, Triple H pulls Seth Rollins on top of the laid out Dolph Ziggler who was laid out for a very, very, very long time from this pedigree. So go Triple H. Uh, huh? Scott Armstrong comes out, counts the one in his overemphatic manner that Scott Armstrong always does in main event matches, counts the one. And then we hear Raven. I'm sorry, uh, Sting's music. It, we got the crows. We got the cawing. So I immediately <laughs> thought, oh, Raven's back.
3: Oh, good God.
1: Not really. Uh, but we got Sting's music. He walked out slowly. He was doing his best Randy Orton impression here in St. Louis. They had the big face off of Triple H. Triple H didn't know what to think. And then he remembers that, hey, I'm Triple H. I'm going to punch this dude. Sting ducks, gives him the Scorpion death drop. Sting makes the cover, puts setha uh, well, he puts D- uh, Dolph Ziggler over Seth Rollins. We got our big win. Team Cena wins. I lose this prediction. Jeff goes 5-0. and Just a lot of chaos and I think fans will remember from the show Dolph Ziggler's rise, his awesome ending into the match with Seth Rollins, and then, of course, the fact that Sting, after years and years, is finally here in WWE. I just love that somebody on commentary
0: was paying attention to continuity and said that uh, that the authority should be disqualified for attacking
1: the ref. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there, there was just a lot of chaos. I mean, what do you make of all this chaos? Is this a show that we're going to be thinking about tomorrow? Like, really, in in truth, are people going to remember the Dolph Ziggler ending in this match, or is everyone maybe did Sting kind of overshadow that a little bit?
2: Yes, <laughs> I, he did. But here's here 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 here's here's the butt to that. Do, it wasn't that Dolph was the was the win and I'm not even that high on Dolph Ziggler relative to other people, to be perfectly blunt. But it it wasn't that Dolph won so much as it was that Dolph eliminated most of them by himself.
1: Yeah. Yes, he <laughs> I did. mean,
2: like it'd be one thing if it was down to Dolph and Seth. They just happened to be the last two guys. I I think that would be a little bit different. But you know, it was Dolph who really eliminated Brusef, if you think about it. Yep. Uh, you know, it was Dolph who eliminated Kane. It was Dolph who eliminated Luke Harper, and yes, he got help. But he he if 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 it hadn't have been for Triple H screwing him, he would have eliminated Seth Rollins. Right. So really, he uh, damn near run ran the table. Uh, uh, on on them. I mean, he he eliminated four of the five guys. Um, they did a really great job in the presentation of him. Uh, down the stretch because you had. You had moments where I was afraid they were going to like give him like a you know almost like a superhuman comeback, and they kept away from that. But but they also if, his eliminations sort of ran the gamut from lucky, which was the Rusev elimination, to crafty, which was the Luke Harper uh, elimination, to better than, which was the Kane elimination. <laughs> so he you know he he sort of got a little bit uh, of all of the above. There, uh, which I think, ha- you can't just give a guy a bunch of fluke wins. You can't. Um, I, you know, again, I'm not even the biggest Dolph Ziggler fan on the uh, in the world. You know, I, I'm, I'm really not. But uh, he he looked really good here. The que- my my big question for him is, I think what's going to, you know, going forward for him, the big issue is, can he carry himself in promos? Can he present himself in promos in a way that makes you think he is a main event level guy? Um, That is going to determine whether or not he can really succeed at this level, because I think they put him in a position here. And the build for this show was really more about Dolph than it was Cena. If you really go back and look at how these shows were built. I mean, in a lot of ways, the, the, all the, you know, the authority kept getting heat on him. Cena wasn't even showing up to help these guys. Dolph was the guy that was taking the beating. So mm-hmm. this whole build has been about him. In hindsight, it's actually shocking that nobody thought this would happen because they've been setting this up nicely for the last three weeks or four weeks or however long it's been. But at the end of the day, he's got to be able to talk. And yes, these promos are scripted, and yes, they give him a lot of garbage. But he, he, even just his delivery, he's got to be able to—he's got to he's gotta be somebody that comes across as somebody you can buy at that level on the mic. Um, and if that—if he can't do that, I do, it doesn't matter whether or not he was overshadowed by Sting in some ways or not. I, to, it's almost irrelevant. It—you it, know—if they're gonna—if this push is gonna mean anything, he's gonna have to be able to add that—that that part of. Uh, Cause I don't think he's a particularly good promo uh, and, and he's going to need that. I
0: think the thing he needs to dump out of his promos is the whole, sh- I'm going to steal the show type thing as opposed yes. to I'm, I'm putting on a show. No, you're, you're winning a match. You're, you're winning a fight.
1: Well, that, and I always thought when he was a heel, I thought it was okay. When he's a babyface, it always comes across like, this is a guy who's just, you know, whining that he isn't higher than where he is. Yeah. It comes across more of a whiner to me. Um any, I wanted to think that uh, Dolph Ziggler is going to get the big promotion. Of course, it's up to the announcers tomorrow and their presentation of how the match goes to really sink it into folks that Dolph Ziggler was the star of it. So, really, there's a big chance on Raw tomorrow night uh, for them to put over Dolph Ziggler as this big star. Uh, I want to get a very, very basic rating of the show. Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down on the show. Dylan, where'd you put Survivor Series 2014 in that scale?
2: Thumbs up. I thought it was. Much better than last month, um, uh, than the last big show. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, if you if you add, if you you know this was a show that was better than the great than the sum of its parts. I think if you sort of looked at the, every single match and every segment, and you'd say uh, you know, okay, maybe this wasn't that great of a show, but it ended on a strong note. It ended on a different note. Um, it wasn't the same old crap at the end. Uh, in some ways it was, because it was still all about Triple H, uh, but, but it, you know, it, it, in, in many weather ways it wasn't the same old crap at the end of the show. And I thought, uh, again, I made this point earlier, but I, I want to reiterate this, I thought the show had a lot of variety to it. Um, yeah, you kind of had two comedy matches, but um, I thought they, they did a pretty good job balancing things out in terms of what the matches were like. They were all a little bit different. The presentation was all a little bit different, which WWE usually fails horribly with. Um, you got surprises. You got more than one surprise. Um, you know, uh, Maybe they weren't the best surprises in some instances. Like you could argue the Big Show term was kind of ridiculous long term. But uh, I would say it was a good show. It wasn't a great show, uh, but it was a good show. And it was, it's a show people are going to remember because of, the, because of the finish. It's a show people are going to remember
1: absolutely jeff your uh your very basic thumbs up thumbs down review
0: thumbs up uh it's not gonna win show of the year there are no matches of the year on this thing but it it would take a special effort to hate the show um it kept you engaged through most of it uh the storytelling was fairly solid um even if even if you know if you're a work rate geek uh but the story rate i mean the storytelling was was great i thought um yeah, I it, it, you'd have to bend over backwards to hate it. Give
1: I would give it. Up. I would give it a thumbs up too. I th- it was a very fun three hours. It went by pretty quickly too. I mean, for a show that had some, you know, backstage segments that went a good amount of time and some matches we weren't excited for, I thought the show flew by, kind of in a three-hour time period. Before we, we go for this go week's for this episode, episode, and hooray, our Skype is acting up again. Uh, I want to get the thoughts of we're only three weeks away. What we think we're gonna see at TLC. I will be at TLC, uh, so Ooh. I will. So this has a small investment to me as far as what am I gonna see? So, uh,
0: so Dylan and I will be doing the live post show. That'll be great.
1: Hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose in a TLC match is already announced. Mm-hmm. It looks like from this, I would guess that we're going to get John Cena and Big Show. No, on this one. And we have someone on Twitter at Awful Jack asks, "How excited is Jeff for Cena show at TLC?"
0: I just gave my answer.
1: Yep. Um, maybe a tables match. I don't know. Uh, do you see something different happening, Dylan, or is that pretty much where we think that's going?
2: I think that's probably right. I do hope. I hope it's a Cena Big Show boxing match. Hey, there you go. They put on the boxing gloves with John <laughs> Cena's great punches, and they go in there and they slug it out.
1: Get Buff Bagwell into uh, ref it.
2: The, good God! <laughs> no, what they should do is uh, 1990 Puerto Rico style. You have Hector Macho Camacho train John Cena on how to throw a punch, and bring in RoboCop as his corner man. Well, we, we For can't. anybody who thinks I'm kidding, go look up Invader One versus uh, Leo Burke boxing match on YouTube.
1: <laughs> we we can't really get Camacho on this show, can we?
2: <laughs> well, no. I guess you. Well, I guess you could. Well. Bray Wyatt has special powers. Is, is can we it, make, oh yeah, can we there make, you go.
3: Because
2: <laughs> I was going to say a, he's dead.
0: Can we make it a Taipei death match? The, <laughs> can make it whatever dip you their, want.
1: Um, dip, dip their hands in wax and put some glass on there. And the question to me becomes: We didn't get Randy Orton on this show. We did not. No Randy Orton or, on Survivor Series. Now, what do they do with Dolph Ziggler? I think the whole story to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, and maybe Orton is, you know, shoehorned into this. But I could very easily see whatever new authority there is, or whatever new matchmaker there is, gives Dolph Ziggler the shot at the Money in the Bank briefcase in a ladder match against Seth Rollins at TLC. Um, that's not that's not the worst idea.
0: No, I mean, especially since we were all thinking that uh, the uh, Rollins Ambrose program was going to lead to a to one of those types of matches. So
1: no, that's not a bad idea at all. I mean, I, I before this night before Survivor Series, I thought it would be Orton and Rollins. But Orton was nowhere to be seen. You could always find something else for him, and it just makes sense to me that Dolph and Rollins take part in this. Uh, we could see Luke Harper and Rowan maybe. Um, I think I so. There's obvious yeah. directions you can go from here, but there's also a million directions you can go, or at least a million stories you can tell.
2: I'd this- I, I keep, I keep Orton off TV to Rumble, by the way, Rob. Yeah. I think at this point. I don't think there's any reason to bring him back until Rumble at this point. There's, yeah. it's three, TLC's three weeks away. You're gonna, you know, they they didn't bring him back in his hometown tonight, mm-hmm. where he would have gotten a huge pop. At this point, why not milk it a little bit longer rather than try and either throw him in with Rollins when you just made a really good point about Dolph Rollins probably being a better match, uh, you know, from a at this moment anyway, and and you know he'll get the big reaction at the Rumble. I I think that that's probably what they should do. Yeah,
0: I think we're also gonna get probably, you know, we might get Ryback and Rusev, um. <laughs>
2: I that's very very likely I think, yeah, and right. I I actually I actually want to see that match. I just wish it had been better built to, because I th- I think Ryback is the guy. If they were smart, should have been the guy who who would who would end Ryback's or uh, Rusev's run. run. But it's too soon to end Rusev's mm-hmm. run. That's something oh, that should have been built built to over six or eight months, not a month. Um, you know, I I think. See, I ultimately my dream fantasy booking situation is, is, Rusev beats John Cena clean and, and continues his reign of terror for another six or eight months. And then Ryback right back uh, ends it at that point, you kind of have two made guys, but that's obviously not going to happen.
0: See, it was interesting. Cause I thought with, with the, the phony troop, I thought they were building that to Cena beating Rusev in tribute to the troops.
2: Oh man. I hope that doesn't <laughs> happen.
0: <laughs> um, near do I. I. And I think, I think, uh, on this TLC show, I think you'll, you might get, uh, a Roman Reigns squash match.
1: That's possible. That is possible.
0: Heath yeah. Slater
1: sells like a maniac. So I figured it'd probably be him. If it happens, it's, it's Heath Slater. I got to yeah. imagine. Um, uh, before we say our goodbyes, just a quick note. Won't spend too much time on it, but it's, it was kind of breaking news, even though that Access TV announced it three days ago and no one seemed to notice, but Access TV is going to debut a 13 part series on new Japan pro wrestling in January or sometime That's- in 2015. So uh, the former HGNet is bringing wrestling back with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're going to show matches from last year's G1, or from this year's G1, I should say. And they're going to show the uh, 2013 Tokyo Dome uh, Tanahashi and Okada match. So if you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you're going to get it on American TV, on Axis TV, uh, coming up here in 2015. So that was kind of news that uh, no one seemed to notice for four days.
0: And if you've never seen New Japan, watch it. you want to marry
1: it and get it pregnant. Sadly, I'm not going to be the voice of that show. It's Jim Ross instead. I think they made a wrong call there, but what are you going to do? Uh, That's, I think, going to do it. Do you want to, Dylan, you want to plug anything that you're involved with, maybe your podcast or uh, just your genius opinions on Sting not being a Hall of Famer?
2: Yeah, oh, sure. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, uh, you know, a couple cheap plugs real quick. Uh, My Twitter is uh, at Dylan Waco. That's D-Y-L-A-N-W-A-C-O. Uh, and if you like obnoxious tweets that aren't funny, you'll probably like my Twitter. Uh, if you don't, then, well, you're screwed if you follow me. Um, and uh, I still do the Wrestling Culture Podcast with my buddy uh, from the Great White North, Dave Musgrave. We just did a show on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame results. So that was recorded uh, the day, uh, Wednesday, the day the, the results came out. So uh, that's the latest episode. Uh, and we've got a couple others that we're setting up, in fact, including a couple pretty cool uh interviews i think that'll be coming soon so uh check us out uh we're 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 around uh
1: (laughs) i i gotta say thank you for uh doing the show dylan and also thank you for being uh as i was going through my voting process for the hall of fame this is the second year i was doing it uh you were a very trusted resource so follow this man on twitter at dylan waco if you want uh historical wrestling tweets if you want uh up to the minute you know sometimes contrarian to popular opinion tweets uh it's good it's a good follow. Very interesting uh uh idea in mind this guy has. This Dylan Hales fella. Jeff, yeah any- that that fella. Yeah, that fella. Jeff, anything you want to plug before we go?
0: I'm on Twitter at crap Game 13 I also write obnoxious tweets that aren't funny but they're full of arcane references or references <laughs> from the early 80s that nobody'll get.
1: <laughs> yes, and I'm at Shake Them Ropes or my personal Twitter at Let's Say Things. Uh follow at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter for our future live shows that hopefully won't have weird Skype issues that I don't know what was going on. <laughs> and uh, for incorrect opinions by Rob. Not incorrect opinions, incorrect <laughs> predictions. There's a difference. Yeah. People nah, can be don't. wrong. I went four and one today. I made money tonight, all right. Your opinions are also wrong. <laughs> uh that's gonna do us for uh shake them ropes this week again. Thanks to Dylan and Jeff. We will be back Uh, Later on this week, talking the fallout of Survivor Series on Raw and SmackDown, as well as seeing what Sting is going to be up to, and if Brad Maddox returns as the authority. That'll be (laughs) it for this week's edition of Shake Them Ropes. Everybody have a good night. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our show this week. You can follow along to Shake Them Ropes, the podcast, on Twitter, at Shake Them Ropes or online at ShakeThemRopes.com. You can listen to our live shows, download our previous episodes, And you can subscribe to us for free via iTunes, Stitcher, or with our RSS feed on any of your podcast platforms. If you have Downcast for your iPhone or Android, you can search for Shake Them Ropes and subscribe to it that way, or through RSS on any of your other podcasting platforms. Subscribe, you will get our shows as soon as they are released, without any more work to be done on your part. If you like the show, please tell your friends about us. You can rate and review us on iTunes. If you go to shakethemropes.com, we will have links to where you can go to download our shows on iTunes, as well as rate and review. It would certainly be appreciated by us. It would certainly help us out, get more eyeballs and ear holes on the podcast, and it would be fun. Our next show will be later this week as we break down the Fallout of Survivor series on Raw and SmackDown. We'll also continue with our reviews of the top 100 matches to see on WWE Network before you die. The WWE.com poll ranked 100 of the must-see matches. Last week, we reviewed number 100, which was the fully loaded 2000 confrontation between Triple H and Chris Jericho. This week on the podcast, we are going to talk Diamond Dallas Page versus Goldberg for the WCW World Heavyweight title from Halloween Havoc 1998 as we work our way down all the way to number one over the next, what will probably be, two years. So enjoy that. We're excited for the show coming up later this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you later on on Shake Them Ropes. In
0: a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new, shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Kuhn, on total engagement. Go to any podcast
4: platform to
3: listen today.